I want to show you that despite the odds, humanity is a lot more resilient than we know. Every challenge you face in your life is designed to make you stronger and more resilient, and this pandemic is no different. But you have to understand that you cannot control this pandemic. However, you can control what you do going forward. So what can you do? I am going to share with you seven ways you can reduce your stress and your anxiety around the pandemic. Staying motivated takes work. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Join Umar Jang as he shares inspirational stories and tips to get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is the Motivational Voice Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this special session of the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number 26, and I am coming to you in these very difficult times. As I am recording this, there are over 2.3 million reported cases of COVID-19 around the world. This is very scary and extremely concerning for many of us. It seems that everywhere we turn, we are bombarded with information about the virus, the number of people dying, people losing their jobs, their livelihoods. As a result, I wanted to provide some much-needed positivity and give you some useful tips to cope with the stress and anxiety that we are all facing. My hope is that after listening to this session, you will find some positive thoughts and feel good about the world once again. At a minimum, you will walk away with tips and how to deal with the stress and anxiety around this epidemic. By the way, I invite you to connect with me. You can go to my website at umarjang.com and join the podcast email list so that when I come up with a new episode or a new blog post, or a new project, I will make sure to reach out to you so you are updated. If you are on social media, I also have a free life coaching community where I share words of encouragement, tips, motivation with the group on a regular basis. Throughout this pandemic, every single day I am inspired by people going above and beyond the line of duty to motivate each other and stay optimistic about, about life even though it may sound crazy to think that there is a light at the end of the tunnel here, because right now the situation is so dire that we may think that we are never going to come out of this. I think about the bus driver who is risking his life to drive sick people to the hospital because they don't have a car in some metropolitan areas to drive themselves. I am thinking about the healthcare worker who is isolated from her family because that's the only way she can keep her family safe and be able to save lives and go to work. I'm, of course, thinking about the delivery drivers, the post office workers, the grocery store clerks. The list goes on and on. And the school teachers who are uh, having to learn how to design websites so that they can keep teaching our children and serving our families and our communities. Just this past week, my youngest son, was uh, struggling to figure out how to submit his assignments. So I sent an email to, to his teacher after hours. He immediately jumped on a Zoom call with me and my wife and walked us through what we needed to do to figure out how he would uh, submit his assignments. So 
shout out to all educators and, of course, the researchers who are working on a vaccine and so many other people around the world who are just doing random acts of kindness and small things to make a difference. What this tells me is that the human spirit shines through in these difficult times. And all of the examples I just gave are proof that we are stronger together, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. So today I wanted to do my part and share some coping techniques and tips to help you deal with the stress and anxiety of the pandemic. So let's get right to it. First of all, I wanted to make sure that you know that you can take control of your life and all of the emotions that you are feeling right now. And the best way to do that is to face the object of your fear and your anxiety. We are all very worried about the seemingly unsurmountable challenges that we are facing. But the first step to dealing with all of this is to take control of your fears. Now, how do you do that? You do that by understanding that you cannot control this pandemic. And this is true for a lot of things. If you have something in your life that worries you, that concerns you, you need to understand that there are certain things that you cannot control. This is not the first time in human history that this has happened. Life often challenges us with personal hardships, but sometimes it can really push the limits and push us further than we thought we could handle with external challenges like a pandemic or even war. If you think about it, throughout human history, there have been a number of very serious diseases that did just that. In fact, going as far back as 1346, when the world saw a very, very large devastation through the bubonic plague, so the Black Death as it's known, it killed 30 to 60% of the entire population in Europe. So something like 75 to 200 million people were killed during that uh, plague. In 1852, there was a cholera pandemic that killed a million people on basically every continent. And of course, in between 1889 and 1890, there was a flu pandemic that also killed a million people. There was also another cholera epidemic right before World War I, and that killed almost 900,000 people. And that was right before the war. And of course, the war happened, and after, right after the war, there was the influenza in 1918, and that killed 40 million people. And in the 1940s and the 1950s, there was a polio epidemic that devastated a lot of families, specifically children. And this, this one is near and dear to my heart because, near and dear, I shouldn't say that, but this one is close to home is what I'm trying to say because my brother had polio when he was, when he was younger. So I will, I will tell you a little more about that later on. And of course, there was the HIV, the HIV AIDS pandemic, which to date since 1981 has killed about 36 million people. Now, I didn't even mention smallpox and SARS and Ebola, and the list goes on and on and on. Now, why am I telling you this when I'm supposed to be motivating you and giving you positive thoughts? The reason I'm telling you this is that I want to show you that despite the odds, humanity is a lot more resilient than we know. Every challenge you face in your life is designed to make you stronger and more resilient, and this pandemic is no different. But you have to understand that you cannot control this pandemic. However, you can control what you do 
going forward. So what can you do? I am going to share with you seven ways you can reduce your stress and your anxiety around the pandemic. Are you ready? All right, okay, so let's get started. The first thing you need to do, so, so tip number one is to stop watching the news. And I'm serious about this. I watch the news. I like to get my information. I like to know what's happening, not just here in the United States, but in Europe, in Africa, because I have family on, on, all, on virtually all continents. And I want to know what's happening. So when I turn the TV on and I see that I am being bombarded by information that uh, oh, 50 more people died in our state and 2,000 people died in, in Italy in one day and, and on and on and on, it gets to a point where you are no longer seeking to get information. It gets to a point where it, it starts to stress you out. It starts to wear on you emotionally. And then, of course, emotions, as you know, when it comes to stress, can get to you on a physical level because stress can actually physically affect your body. And you start feeling it. If you add everything that's happening, the fact that you are stuck in a house and you can't go anywhere, things can get bad very quickly. So stop watching the news. Get the information you need and turn the TV off. Whether it's a TV or your, your phone or a computer, if you must watch something to, to distract you, and, and I do encourage you to do that, find a show or a program that makes you happy, that you find value in, rather than watching the news that uh, will cover the, the pandemic basically 12, 24 hours a day. If you leave the TV on, they will be talking about it forever and ever and ever. And that's how the news work. They want to hook you and pull you in. And you'll hear something like, you know, coming up next, how to stop yourself from getting sick from the pandemic. Well, we already know that, but it causes you to want to listen in. And before you know it, you've been watching TV for hours. So turn the TV off. That's tip number one. Watch the news you need and then stop. Okay. Tip number two is avoid risky behaviors. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is you need to be careful and reduce your exposure to to people who are sick or potentially sick. We all know that there are people who are considered to be asymptomatic. What that means is that someone out there is sick, but they don't show any symptoms. They don't feel sick. They don't look sick. They're not coughing. They're not doing anything. And they could go to the grocery store and not wear a mask, and you could cross their path. We know that within six feet, if someone breathes on you, you can, you can get sick. You can catch the virus because the virus is suspended in the air and you can breathe it. So you need to avoid those risky behaviors. If you must go to the grocery store, which I do myself, wear a mask. Okay, just, just do the minimum stuff. Wear a mask, stay six feet apart, limit your visits to the grocery store and to public places. Now, if you have to go to work, you have to go to work. And if your employer is forcing you to go in, well, that's a different story. But if you must go and you don't have a choice, at least wear a mask. Try to stay six feet away from people to make sure that you're safe. If you go buy grocery stores and then you come back home, make sure that you wipe your hands and then you, you wipe. If you can, you wipe the groceries and before you actually put it in your fridge. Because it's been shown that the virus can stay in your fridge for months and in your freezer for years. So be careful. Make sure to you just do the, 
the common sense things. Wash your hands and stay safe. But what I'm trying to say here is, is number two, avoid risky behaviors. If you avoid, if you used to go to the grocery store every time you needed something, rethink that. Do you really need to go to the grocery store to, to get some bread? Can you instead go to the grocery store once every two weeks or once a week? Reduce those, those uh, exposures. In some countries, people go to the grocery store or to the, to the market, local market every day to buy food so they can cook that day because that's, I used to li- li- I was born and raised in Africa. I now live in the United States. But back home, it was like that. You go to the market every day to buy fresh produce to cook with that same day. In most countries, you can, you can stock up on your grocery stores. All right, so that's number two. Let's talk about tip number three, which is don't isolate yourself. Now, we are told to practice social distancing. And actually, I don't like the term social distancing because it implies that you, we need to stay away from, from people. That may be true, but human beings are social animals. We need to feel connected to other people. We need to talk to other people. So to me, you need to look at it as a physical distancing. So you're keeping six feet away from, from people. You are not going in groups. But that doesn't mean that you have to isolate yourself. You can call someone on the phone. You can get on a Zoom or a Skype call or FaceTime and talk to people. And now more than ever, this is important because we are all feeling the effects of being inside and being confined and being quarantined. And that's starting to weigh on our emotional well-being. So what you need to do really is if you must be inside all the time at least pick up the phone and don't text pick up the phone call someone or send a voice message it's it makes a difference to hear the person's voice or to talk to them or to see them via facetime or zoom or skype or whatever you 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 use that's an important piece so keep in mind that physical separation not social distancing do you see the difference okay and tip number four is Practice mindfulness. Be mindful of where you are. Be present. What that means is you need to sometimes get away from things. Disconnect. If it means you go to you know go in a quiet room, just be by yourself and listen to those to your breathing, or maybe go in your backyard and listen or watch the birds sing for five minutes, ten minutes, meditate, whatever you need to do to be in touch with your emotions, to be present, to feel like you are, you exist, that you are in this world as a presence and that you matter and you are here and that's important. Ironically, I'm doing more walking and more mind- mindfulness with my family uh, and of course myself than, than, I, than I did even before. I was doing it before but I am more regular with it now and I can totally see the difference. Tip number five is stay active. So gyms are closed. We know that parks and dojos and any place where you used to be in public or with groups are, for the most part, closed. But that doesn't mean that you can't stay active. There are a ton of resources out there on social media and on on the internet of people giving and showing free free exercise tips that you can do in your very own home and I am doing that and I'm also running and taking paths that are 
that are somewhat isolated. And when I'm running, I'm actually wearing a mask uh, because not just for my protection, but maybe for someone else's protection in case I ever get exposed and I happen to be asymptomatic, I don't want to give the disease to someone else. So even when I'm running, I'm wearing a mask. But the point here is to stay active. It could be a five-minute walk, a 10-minute walk around the block. It could be doing exercises in your living room. Whatever that is, whatever makes you happy, whether it's yoga or, or jumping jacks, whatever you can do to stay active, do it. And do it because staying active is beyond the epidemic is actually a good thing to do. And it also makes you happy when you exercise. And I mentioned this in, the, in past episodes, you are releasing endorphins in your brain, which make you, make you feel happy. They make you feel more motivated. And that's something that we need, especially now that we are cooped up inside our homes and not being able to go anywhere. Tip number six, this is uh, more for, for, for those of you who have children, uh, such as myself. Talk to your kids. This is very important. Because as a, as a child, you see adults getting scared. You see your parents getting scared and fearful. And that impacts you. I remember when I was a kid, when I was younger, there was a, a total solar eclipse when I lived in Mauritania in, in, in West Africa. And I was completely freaking out because, now I didn't tell this to anyone and no one bothered to ask. The way they explained the eclipse was that something was happening between the sun, the earth, and the moon, and I didn't quite fully understand it. And that worried me. I thought the world was ending. Of course, now that I think about it, it's a completely natural astrological, astronomical phenomena that doesn't necessarily threaten our lives on earth. But children have a different perspective on how they interpret facts and how they interpret events that scare their parents. If mom and dad are scared, of course I am going to be scared. So talk to your children. Tell them the truth about what's happening. And you can certainly choose to, to not tell them the, the, the gory stuff or the scary stuff that, you know, so many people died and show them images. Of course, don't do that. But at least in our family, in my 10-year-old knows what's happening. He understands it. What you need to do is tell them what's happening, but also tell them what you are doing as a parent to stay safe and what they can do as a child to stay safe. And explain to them that this has happened in the past and humanity has survived and this is just the, the cycle of life and we will have viruses and pandemics and wars and famines and so on and so forth. So long as they understand that this is something that they can use some common sense practices on, like washing hands and being careful not to go to playgrounds and, and what they can do to stay safe, then they'll be okay with it. You know, my 10-year-old is completely fine with it and he understands it. He, we don't hide stuff uh, you know, from him. We tell him what it is. But we make sure we explain that we have mitigations in place to make sure that we are safe, that he is safe, that our family is safe. All right, so that's six. Tip number seven is, and this is very important, is please, please, please get help if you need it. Use the resources that are available to you. Call and talk to someone, whether it's a friend or a professional or someone who is willing to listen if things are way too much for you to bear. Now, I'm thinking about people who are prone to anxiety, 
depression, stress. People who have compulsive behaviors, who already struggle in regular times and regular situations and are now really, really hanging on by a thread. I am talking about veterans who were already dealing with PTSD. I am talking about people who are confined at home with an abusive spouse or a partner. I am talking about small business owners and self-employed workers who are really, really struggling right now. My heart truly, truly goes out to you. But know that you are loved and that we care about you. Please, please, please use the resources that are available to you. Call someone, ask for help. There is no shame in asking for help. I know a lot of people, a lot of people take a step back whenever they feel like they have to ask for help because it, it, to them it may mean that they have failed or they are less of a person or that they are counting on, on a handout to, to, to get out of a situation. But take it from someone who had a really, really tough life by the time I turned 25. There is no shame in asking for help. And at some point in our lives, we may find ourselves in a situation where we need help and we need to reach out. And part of being human is to be part of a community and understand when you need to reach out to that community to help you. All right. Okay, I am going to do a quick recap of the seven tips that I shared. So tip number one is to stop watching the news. Tip number two is to avoid risky behaviors. So wear a mask when you go out. Tip number three is don't isolate yourself. Tip number four is practice mindfulness. Tip number five is stay active. So do those exercises. Even if you, you, do, it in the, you do it in your living room, just, just stay active. Tip number six is talk to your children. Tip number seven is get help if you need it. Now, I mentioned earlier that human beings are very resilient. And I wanted to share with you a personal story about polio, which I mentioned earlier. One of my older brothers had polio, and his polio was so bad that he actually couldn't walk until until the age of 13. He was crawling until the age of 13. Now, I know there are some people out there, skeptics, that think that some of these diseases are, are not real. But take it from someone who actually had a brother who was crawling, and he he had a very hard time, and to this day... His life is drastically changed by it. He was left with a disability. Because of the polio, his speech is, is somewhat slurred. And he took a lot of slack from it. Uh, kids made fun of him and, and called him crazy. They called him all sorts of names and he was polioed. And uh, as a result of that, he actually didn't go to school. My, my, my mom, my parents didn't t- send him to school because by the time he was able to barely stand... After the age of 13, it was, it was too late. And this was Africa in the 1950s, 1960s. I'm sharing this story with you to, to show you that some people can live through really, really tough situations. My brother lived through this and he, he's now married and he has two kids. Uh, I, I just spoke to him yesterday, actually. Uh, he lives in Africa still, but he's doing great. So I just want to show you that some people can live through this. Yeah, some people do pass away. Um, May they rest in peace. But we are a resilient bunch, people. Human beings are very strong and they can live through things that you would never imagine. 
okay and i'm just gonna wrap things up by telling you another short story here if you've been a long time listener of the podcast you know that that i went through a, a difficult situation when i was younger there was a a disagreement between two neighbors that disagreement turned into an act of genocide and ethnic cleansing of which my family was was a target so we had to flee our our country and and go back to our home country where our neighbors were being killed around us with machetes and and makeshift weapons and we escaped with our lives and what that experience taught me was that we are very resilient we can live through stuff and use that experience and understand that in a certain twisted way life was preparing us for what was to come whatever the challenge was so that when that challenge comes we can face it because we know that if we survive a situation in our past lives we can probably survive this now i hope this information helped you i hope that you found what i shared here gave you the motivation and positivity you needed to face the days ahead by the way if you have a minute do me a favor by subscribing to the podcast wherever you you listen to this podcast on iTunes or wherever and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit from from my words could benefit from the tips that I shared and of course i i am always always very thankful for those of you who day in and day out download the podcast and listen to the podcast i care about you i love you if you've been a long time listener of the podcast you know that i generally close out the show by saying please stay safe and motivated when i came up with this uh, mantra i never realized just how appropriate it, it was going to to be today given the pandemic that's happening and that's ravaging our communities so today on top of asking you to stay safe and motivated i will ask you to take care of each other and know that you have the power you have the strength and the resilience to get through this and if my words have made you feel a tiny bit better then i have done my job today thank you very much for listening i appreciate you and i pray that you continue to be safe and healthy until next time goodbye Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com. 